KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall with your hosts Corbin Sturch and Zachary Payne, your vintage radio program here on KUOZ 100.5 FM. Community Radio, produced by the Radio Television Video Department here at University of the Ozarks in Clarksville, Arkansas. From the concert hall, plays some of the famous artists of the past, as well as features a few of our very own from right here at home. So sit back, relax, and enjoy as we take you live right here to our very own little concert hall. Thank you for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. And I'm Corbin Sturch. And I'm Michaela Burke. Tonight on From the Concert Hall, we'll be looking at the music of George Frederick Handel. Zach, Kayla, can the two of you introduce us to Handel? Uh, sure thing. Handel was a German-born uh, German British uh, Baroque composer who spent the bulk of his career in London, becoming well-known for his operas, oratorios, anthems, and organ concertos, especially the organ. He was huge with the organ. Um, from there, uh, he, well, born in, a, uh, born in a family indifferent to music, Handel received critical training in Hall, Hamburg, uh, and Italy before settling into London and became a, uh, a naturalized citizen, naturalized British subject in 1727. He was strongly influenced both by the great composers of the Italian Baroque and the Middle German polyphonic choral tradition. And uh, within 15 years, he started uh, three commercial opera companies to supply the English nobility with Italian opera. Uh, Winton Dean actually wrote about him saying that Handel was not only a great composer, he was a dramatic genius of the first order. Uh, as Alexander's Feast was well received, Handel made a trans- transition to English choral works. After The Messiah, uh, he never really performed Italian opera again. He was almost blind and lived in England for nearly 50 years and died in 1759. He was respected and wealthy. Uh, his funeral was given a full state honors and he was buried in Westminster Abbey. There's something you don't see very often a musician giving full state honors. Not at all. He was definitely uh, huge with the British community in the end of it. It's nice to see that transition, though. You know, just a couple hundred years, well, a couple decades before him, or a couple hundred years even, you wouldn't have seen a rich composer getting full state honors. Especially one not from that original country. One from German. Back in this time, a lot of the composers, anyone of high standard, was very nationalized. They were very proud of who they were, where they came from. Right. It's like being a British citizen and saying, well, I don't want to be British anymore, so you're going to come to America and become an American citizen. And just, it's it's something you don't see. Mm-hmm. No, it would be like, well, let's take uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. German, came to America, now he's the governor of California. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a lot. You don't of, hear about. Yeah, no, ever. we don't have a lot of people from other countries coming in and becoming governors of entire states. Right. I mean, it's something we don't. <laughs> well, I think it's something a lot of us don't know how to deal with whenever it does happen. No, it was kind of a joke for the first few years, but he's done good. He really <laughs> has. I, I've heard good things about his governorship, but I, I also don't live in California, so I wouldn't know day to day. Not at all. 
But back to Handel. Overall, great composer. He did many great things inside his life. My personal favorite, of course, is uh, his Messiah. See? Phenomenal. I love Messiah, but I always come back to Judas Maccabeus. Oh, that's also great. That's mm-hmm. some of my favorite works by Handel come from that set of works. And that's what I always come back to. And, you know, I feel bad because we talked about his great organ works, but all of our works tonight are choral works by him. He was good with that, too, so I, well, no complaints there. Except for one. We do have his water music, the theme from water music for tonight mm-hmm. also. Ooh, that's nice. I, I love water music. Uh, but our first set of music up tonight is Zadok the Priest. This is Coronation Anthem number one, actually, from the suite called Zadok the Priest. If you're familiar with anything about the British monarchy, you would know that whenever someone gets coronated or any kind of big event like a coronation happens in the UK, they play Coronation Anthem number one from Zadok the Priest. You know, whenever I first heard this piece, just playing it on the organ, I didn't get it. I didn't mm-hmm. understand what was so great about it until I listened to it performed by an orchestra. And then I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah. I get it now. It just, the organ is like, I guess in a sense, meant to be many instruments combined into one. But still, you can't have that true sense without having all the instruments there because the timbre and everything of the instruments is all different. You can't, it, like, recreate that with just pipes. Well, I mean, I also was practicing it and playing it in an acoustically dead environment. I never played it in a room with reverberation or any kind of acoustics at all. So after hearing it in a different environment, it's like, okay, yeah, this, this I really get. If I could have, if I could have had a good environment for that whenever I played that, because I, you know, I've yet to play it here at the college and practicing here. Definitely. That's totally fair. You, as soon as the chapel's renovated, you need to get in there, be practicing on this one. Of course. Oh, oh, speaking of organist and organ, it's Dr. Gorman's birthday today, so I think it would be completely fitting to send a special shout out and a happy birthday to Dr. Gorman, our professor of music here at the University of the Ozarks. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Dr. Gorman. Happy birthday. You know, I feel kind of bad. I, I ran into her early t- or today and I brought her a hot chocolate and I said, here, happy oh. birthday. I didn't realize it was actually her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, you know. I just had a hankering to make a hot chocolate and she was coming out of a class and I just, you know, gave it to her. And it worked out. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> covered yourself right there. Yeah. Whenever we got to choir right after that and we're singing happy birthday, I was like, oh, I'm so safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so safe. But it was... Interesting to see how that worked. But going back to the songs, the Octopus Priest, if anyone, like I said, has anyone, if anyone has ever heard of British monarchy and big British festive events like this, you will recognize this song. Now, this time, it's not just the orchestral version. It does have the actual choral piece with it. So here it is as performed by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and the Philadelphia Orchestra conducted by Richard Ormandy, Coronation Anthem Number 1 from Zadok the Priest.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall, here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. And I'm Corbin Sturch. And I'm Michaela Burke. And tonight we're talking about the choral works of George Frederick Handel. Now, before we continue in the show tonight, I think it's important to do a couple of community announcements. One very big one that we just found out about today, and this is big news for the KUOZ department here at the University of the Ozarks, a huge congratulations to Ryan West on his winning of the long-form story entry to the National Academy of Television Arts and Sciences. This is called the Pillar Award, and it's a really, really big deal. The professional level of this award, of this award is known as the Emmy, if anyone knows what that is. <laughs> so being at the collegiate level, it's called the Pillar Award, so it's a big, big deal to win the Pillar Award. Oh, yeah, huge. So congratulations to Ryan. I know everyone is so proud of you. Absolutely. Big congratulations from, from the concert hall. Also this week, tomorrow, here at the University of the Ozarks, we are bringing Daniel Martin Moore in as a WACE event, which is a Walton Arts and Ideas series event here. It'll take place in Roundtree Recital Hall in the Walton Fine Arts Center at 7 p.m. tomorrow. It's a free-to-the-public event. We look forward to seeing you all out there. Absolutely. And for anyone who might be interested in hearing more about what Daniel has to say later, he'll be coming on to From the Concert Hall on Thursday. So we look forward to getting to sit down and talk with him about his work in music today. Also, if you don't get the chance to come out and see him, that's a good way to recap. Right. Well, you're playing some of his music, talking with him. It's it's a good opportunity. Absolutely. And so... Oh, sorry, go oh, ahead. I was just going to continue on. Uh, going back to Handel, do you want to talk about what we had just heard? Sure, sure, sure. So we just heard Zadok the Priest, which, like I talked about before, is the coronation anthem. Actually, it's coronation anthem number one from Zadok the Priest. We just always call it Zadok the Priest. Uh, you know, I myself make that mistake, clearly. We, I've done it how many times now? <laughs> oh, it's fine. I mean, it's easy just to shorten those down. Some of the titles are ridiculous. Right. But... It, like I said before, if anyone is familiar with British procedure and coronation and big festive events involving the Queen, the coronation anthem number one from Zadok the Priest is always played. Always. You'll always hear it. And that was just one of many of his extensive works. Uh, I've actually got a little bit of a reading about some of that. Uh, Handel's compositions, uh, they include 42 operas, 29 oratorios, and more than 120 cantatas, trios, and duets. Numerous arias, chamber music, and a large number of uh, pieces, odes, and serenatas. And 16 organ concertis. This man had nothing but music on his mind all the time. And he was good at it. It would explain the full state funeral and dying a very, very rich composer. Absolutely. Especially in that time. Um, His most famous work, the Oratorio Messiah, with its Hallelujah Chorus. Um, All of you know this from Christmas time. Or Easter. Or Easter. It's played a lot in Easter. Anytime. Um, Except for Lent. Except for Lent. Yep. Not that one. (laughs) (laughs) However, uh, as we play this, when we get around to playing this one, you guys will all recognize it. It's uh, known as his most famous. um, That's because we all recognize it. Right. 
Uh, and among the works that he's done, uh, his most popular one in his lifetime, he had a lot of organ concertos. Um, let's see. Um, the latter incorporate an earlier organ concerto, The Cuckoo and the Nightingale. Uh, that's the bird song. It's imitated in the upper registers of the organ. It sounds really beautiful. Uh, also notable are his 16 keyboard suites, especially the harmonious blacksmith. And doesn't that just sound impressive? 16 keyboards? Gosh. Hey. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that is. <laughs> I was actually just looking to see if we might possibly have that way in our system. And sadly, we don't. But... We're going to be hearing a lot of great works by Handel tonight, including our next piece, which is called Holy Art Thou. This comes from the Xerxes opera. And this is the piece also called Largo. See, most people will know the theme to this. You'll hear it at a lot of funerals or at times when it's a particularly low or sad event because it's a really moving melody. But... With the words to it, it's known as Holy Art Thou. And it's just this beautiful, moving piece that will bring out emotion in anyone, I think. Oh, definitely. And that's one of the things that the Baroque, uh, Baroque composers were always good at, was bringing out that emotion. Right. So here it is, Holy Art Thou, by George Frederick Handel, as performed by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and the Philadelphia Orchestra, under the direction of Eugene Ormandy.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back from the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. I'm Corbin Starch. And I'm Michaela Burke. And tonight we are talking about the work of George Frederick Handel. So far we have heard the Coronation Anthem Number 1 from Zadok the Priest and Holy Art Thou, also known as Largo from Xerxes. Now, Zach, can you tell us a bit more about the legacy of Handel? Oh, absolutely. Um, his works were mostly collected during uh, during his time when he was still alive. They were collected and preserved by two men, Sir Samuel, so S- Sir Samuel Heller, tongue twister, a country squire whose uh, musical acquisitions formed the noculus of the Saul Heller collection, and the abolitionist Gravel Sharp, Granville Sharp. Sorry, the catalog accompanying the National Portrait Gallery ex- exposition marking the te- tercentenary of the composer's birth calls the two men of the late 18th century who have left us solid evidence of the means by which they uh, they indulged their enthusiasm. However, while those two men were very avid about him, and that's why we have a lot of his music still left today, um, after his death, Handel's Italian operas fell to obscurity. Um, They lost their popularity. They stopped being played. So like I said, if it weren't for those two men, a lot of his music we would have lost. The oratorios continued to be performed, but not long after Handel's death, they were thought to need some modernism, and Mozart orchestrated a German version of Messiah and other works throughout the uh, and other works. So, not, soon after his death, his works were being tweaked, and so just again going back, if it weren't for those two men, we wouldn't have his original pieces at all. I mean, everything was getting changed, being modernized, being changed to the way people wanted it then. Um, throughout the nineteenth and half of the uh, around the first half of the twentieth century, particularly the Anglophone countries. His reputation rested primarily on his English oratorios, which were customarily performed by enormous choruses of amateur singers on solemn occasions. The centenary of his death in 1859 was celebrated performance of Messiah at the Crystal Palace involving 2,765 singers and 460 instrumentalists. Ooh. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to imagine how wonderful that would have sounded. Amateur or not. Amateur or not. I mean, during, I mean, with Handel's Messiah, with the Hallelujah Chorus, the more people you add to it, honestly, the better it gets. It's just ridiculous. Like, I don't think there's any number of people that you can add to it, and it starts to sound bad. Yeah. And that's that's just how I guess it was meant to be played. Um, I enjoy it with more people. The more, you know, the more the merrier kind of thing. Um these interminentalists uh, played for an audience of about 10,000 people whenever they performed this. And so they had a huge crowd, and uh, it went really well. Um, and then, of course, uh, as it went on, you know, um, he, his work started to reappear. You know, of course, his Messiah never stopped being played. And some of his works were really popular, but like I said, the Italian operas, they never really resurfaced inside a popular setting. They're still played here and there. Um, they're mostly just documented uh, and by... Uh, inside the Samuel Heller, or Shaw Heller collection. Um, But we still have them, which is great, and we can see exactly how 
great this composer was because of that. Now, on the note of modernizing music, I feel like that happens with almost every composer, every great composer. Like, take Bach, for instance. We look at his work now, and we have two views on how to play it, or at least in the organ world, what we would call two views. You have the purest view, which is it has to be played exactly like it was written, not changing all kinds of different sound textures within it, because it would you it wouldn't have been able to do that back when Bach was playing the organ, because it would, like we've talked about on the show before, it's a three or four man job to play an organ back when Bach was around. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Some of the composers, especially during Bach's era, and not just uh, organ players, they did some crazy things uh, with music. And if it weren't for like everyone's want to kind of tweak things the way they want to hear it, stuff like that. I mean, even today, like inside choirs, we perform pieces. It's completely up to the director's like discretion on how they exactly want the piece to sound. Yes, it's what's written on the page, but if it wants to be slower, faster, louder, that's up to each person. And if it wasn't for that, there wouldn't be a progression in music like we've had. Right. I don't think people really realize that almost every time we hear a piece performed today, it's been modernized. Even these pieces we're hearing now. Mm-hmm. Here on the show, They're, they've been modernized. They're not. I mean, they most likely are not going to be completely original to the score. There's going to be even just the minutest changes can make it what we would call modernized. I think. Mm-hmm. Or little things like uh, certain parts that were just duplicated with instruments. If they didn't happen to have the instrument right on hand, they're pro- a lot of times composers or directors are just like drop it out. Right. Right. And so it just it all gets changed, but. The fact is that music is universal, and so, <clears throat> excuse me, it's meant to be changed. And artists really need that freedom to change things to where they need so that they can perform it to the best of their ability. Right. It's what makes us artists. Absolutely. Taking something and making it your own. Now, our next piece on the show is called Awake, the Trumpet's Lofty Sound from Samson. Now, Kayla, you know a bit about Samson, so can you tell us a bit about Samson? Oh, yeah. Um, Most people know the story of Samson and Delilah, which is pretty much what this is. Um, We see Samson, and he's, you know, chained up, and he's trying to recover from uh, his time in slavery for the Philistines. Um, He's now blind and grieving over his fate. I mean, who wouldn't? Um, He's been betrayed by his one love, Delilah, um, and he also laments his loss of sight. He can't see anything anymore. Um, His father finds him in Act 1, and... uh, Samson is just extremely upset. He's crying. He's broken down. He wants death at this point. Um, But then they end up in Act 2 calling upon God and really just praying and hoping and just putting all their faith in him that things are going to be okay. Um, Later on in that, Delilah actually tries to get back with Samson. She comes back and tries to tell him that she loves him and that she's sorry, but he turns her down. Um, The Philistine... Uh, Haratha, I'm probably saying that wrong, uh, ends up insulting Samson, and he challenges to uh, uh, challenges him to a duel. Um, Samson fights him, and um, you know he's still blind. So to fight a blind man is kind of not your best option as far as your dignity. Uh, but that, I mean, that didn't stop a philistine. Um, but anyway, uh, in the end, of course, we've got the happy ending. Uh, the Lord is praised, and uh, just he gets all the glory as it should be. Of course. Now, here it is. Again, it's performed by the Mormon Tabernacle Choir and the Philadelphia Orchestra, both under the conductor, both under the direction of Eugene Ormandy. 
enjoy. Awake the trumpet's lofty sound. KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me, whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. I'm Corbin Sturch. I'm Michaela Burke. And today we've been talking about the music of George Frederick Handel. So far we have looked at Awake the Trumpet's Softy Sound, Holy Art Thou, which is also known as Largo from Xerxes, and Coronation Anthem Number 1 from Zadok the Priest. So it's been a really good show, kind of diverse in what we've looked at in terms of music and the speed of it really the set the mood set by it but i think now we're at the part of the show where things are going to get real peppy we're going <laughs> to hear some hallelujahs some amens 
Yep. I'm excited <laughs> also, for the hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> but also at this point, I mean, just to touch up on that a little bit, the Baroque period um, really was a time inside music where they were able just to add so much more to it. And so, I mean, I mean, every single time that we hit a new period, we're going to talk about how different it is from the last one. But, I mean, that's just a progression of music and the progression of things, the society and everything, you know. But, I mean, that's why we hear some of this music and we hear so many different things going on. There was so much more allowed at this point. Right. Now, our next piece is water music. This is another piece of Handel's that people are going to know. Now, Kayla, again, you know some on this piece. <laughs> you, you just know Handel, so please, please give Handel. us. Uh, <laughs> please give us a bit on the piece. Would you? <laughs> All right. So the water music is a collection of orchestral movements. Um, it's published uh, usually as three suites, and of course, it's composed by Handel. Um, it premiered first on July seventeenth in seventeen seventeen after King George the first had requested a concert. Um, the water music is scored for a relatively large orchestra, so it's actually suitable for outdoor performances, which is something that's pretty different and really just fun. Um, some of the music is also preserved in arrangement for smaller orchestras, and of course that's not very suitable for outdoor performances um, because the sound of the stringed instruments wouldn't carry well in that open air. If not I'm, at all. If uh, I want to remember right. Sorry, Zach. Oh, I was just going to comment a little bit on outdoor performances. I've had my f- share of them uh, when I was in high school, and uh, they're not easy, regardless of the size and the music no. that you're doing. Oh, no. Especially because, you know, the weather changes, you know, suddenly clouds roll in, suddenly it's humid, and everything's out of tune. <laughs> the wind blows stuff. wrong once, and you're done. <laughs> yeah, the sound travels away from the crowd. It's terrible. <laughs> there goes all my music in that wind. <laughs> Definitely. But what I was going to say was, I think if I remember reading somewhere once that... The first time this was performed, um, it was actually the orchestra was on a boat or a barge. Wow. I really oh. want to say that. Like, I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that, but I really want to say that. As strange as that is, I imagine that being really nice, especially if necessarily you weren't on the barge, because w- sound travels so well over water. It does. And so I imagine just being on like the side of the river and such would have been phenomenal. I think that, yeah, right on the River Thames, or Thames, Thames, I think. Banks. Let's go with Banks. <laughs> I've never heard Tams. The river. Oh, the river Tams. I thought you were talking about like the side of the river. I was like, you mean no, river no, Banks? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean the river Banks. Oh, you were right. It was it was first performed on a royal barge. Ah, uh, there you nice. go. There I went. That's what the king wanted. Well, I imagine it went very well. I don't know. It's the odd things that stick with you. Definitely. Uh-huh. But here it is, Water Music by George Frederick Handel. Thank you. 
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. You are listening to From the Concert Hall, here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Welcome back again to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. And I'm Corbin Sturch. I'm Michaela Burke. And we have been talking about the music of George Frederick Condell. You just heard water music. And Kayla, you, you'd found something interesting <laughs> about that yet again. I got really excited. Um, it was performed on the barge for the King, the very first performance. And the thing was, they were traveling. And the king loved it so much that he made them repeat the same the same piece three times within this trip, just over and over again. He just loved it so much. That's that's crazy. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine being that orchestra. Okay, again. <laughs> yeah. No, that would definitely be frustrating. That's kind of like uh, playing. Um, oh, what's the name of the piece? The piece for graduation. Oh, oh. Um. Uh, I cannot remember it. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell right now, but everyone knows what it is. Yep. Um, and, <laughs> oh, uh, Pomp and Circumstance. Pomp and Circumstance. There, there we go. Land of Hope and Glory. Yeah, the oh. full name. There we go. Um, that piece, uh, having to play that one over and over again. <laughs> That's. Oh, uh, I remember my own graduation. I was, well, the graduation before mine, I was the pianist playing it. I played 39 choruses of that. That's ridiculous. I never kept track, couldn't, because. Uh, the majority of the time that ever, every, almost every time that I played it up until like my actual senior year when I transferred to another school, um, I was like the only French horn inside the band I was in. And so uh, I was the only French horn. And so that meant that for my part, I couldn't just take a break. So I was playing it the entire time. Oh my and gosh. let me tell you, the playing two songs before that and then playing Pop and Circumstance for, you know, 25, 30 minutes, my chops were dead. Yeah. Now, our next piece for tonight is C, The Conquering Hero Comes, from Judas Maccabeus. And this is an interesting one. Any Protestant church following the liturgy probably will recognize this piece because it's a very famous hymn also. They've used this song as a hymn now. Wow. Yep, it's one that went straight from the the set of works it was done for and literally took it straight into a hymn form. Wow. wow. Well, that's definitely... Nice. Uh, you don't see that often for composers to be taken outside of the church and then straight into the church. Right. So here it is. See the conquering hero come as we move into our part of the show, getting ready for Jesus and our own little transition to Easter here on From the Concert Hall. So <laughs> enjoy and see the conquering hero come.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you again for tuning in From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. I'm Corbin Sturge. I'm Michaela Burke. And tonight we have been talking about the works of George Frederick Handel. You just heard, see, the conquering hero comes. And I'm just going to say that's probably one of my favorite works by Handel. It really is. It's a really good one. I still don't think it compared to Hallelujah Chorus. No. I think most of anyone who knows Handel would probably agree to you. <laughs> agree with you. I, it's still a great piece, though, and the fact that you hear it in churches and all that stuff, still, it's still a hymn. It's still popular. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. I think you're just the hipster Honda <laughs> listener. Yeah, yeah. You have to like the one that no one else does. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Not at all. Now, our next piece up for tonight, before we get ready to end the show and move things out for the night, now that the conquering hero has come, Easter has passed, and we are in this wonderful season of Easter... We can look at the Hallelujah Amen by Handel. Now, this piece will not end us for the night, but it's just going to be our first little bit of the Hallelujahs that are going to follow for this season. <laughs> so, enjoy as we look at the Hallelujah Amen by Handel.
KUOZ 100.5 is an FCC-licensed radio station operated by the University of the Ozarks, Clarksville, Arkansas. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to From the Concert Hall here on KUOZ 100.5 FM, community radio from University of the Ozarks here in Clarksville, Arkansas. A big thanks again for tuning in to From the Concert Hall. I'm Zachary Payne. I'm Corbin Sturch. I'm Michaela Burke. And tonight we have been looking at the music of George Frederick Condell. You just heard Hallelujah, Amen, which is another one of my favorites by Handel. Of course, I'm the Handel hippie, apparently. Oh, yeah, but that one's such a great one. It's so, like, peppy and fun. <laughs> it, it is very good. It's similar to the Hallelujah Chorus, but it just doesn't have the same pizzazz, <laughs> I have to say. So, but you can you can be proud of your Handel hippiness, hipsterness, I guess. Yeah. Well, just a couple of announcements before we play the big piece to end the night, the Hallelujah Chorus. Yes. I, I know you two are over here <laughs> so fancy and your chair is waiting. The Clarksville High School presents The Addams Family, a hilarious new musical based on the characters from the hit TV show. Performances are April 10th and 11th at 7 p.m., and then also on April 12th at 2 p.m. This will be in the Clarksville High School Fine Arts Center. And right now tickets are $8 for adults and $5 for students. For information, please call 479-705-3271. Again, that number is 479-705-3271. We look forward to seeing anyone who comes out because From the Concert Hall has been offered special seating. And we're going to make a trip out to see this and... We look forward to it. It's going to be a great showing. Michaela, with your backing in theater, I know you're going to enjoy it. Oh, man. And I love The Addams Family. I've seen that show like so oh, many times. Oh, I know. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Well, the show and the musical itself. Oh, the musical is so funny. Like, I hear all the music on Pandora and stuff like that, and it's just great. I, I love both. I really do. I've, I feel like I've seen – I know I've seen the shows. I feel like I've seen the musical, and if it's what I'm thinking of, I love it. I really do. And that brand of humor that comes along with the Adams family is just phenomenal. Isn't it? And it's timeless. Absolutely. <laughs> now, also, we have announcements this week. Tomorrow night, Dan- University of the Ozarks will present Daniel Martin Moore here in concert. He's a native of Kentucky, and he is just going to be getting back from his tour of Italy and Europe. We're going to be his first stop here in the U.S. again after getting back from that, and it's going to be a great event to come out to and see. Mr. Moore is also going to be showing up Thursday night on From the Concert Hall as our special guest for the week. So if you can't make it tomorrow night, it's a great chance for you to hear some of his works and hear his thoughts on them and his thoughts on music. So that'll be tomorrow night, April 8th, in the Walton Fine Arts Center in Roundtree Recital Hall at 7 p.m. It's a free event that's open to the public, and we hope to see everyone out. But remember, arrive early. Because seating is going to go fast. Absolutely. I'm excited. Aren't you, though? I mean, really. I'm getting there early. (laughs) Now, before we end the show, we'd just like to let you know that we appreciate all of our listeners out there. It's because of you that we do what we do. And we'd love to hear back from you. We really do. So, if you'd like to connect with us through the week... You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash from the concert hall or on Twitter at FTCH underscore KUOZ. 
And, you know, radio can have a face, too. So we're on Instagram. <laughs> we like to post pictures every once in a great while. And that is KUOZ Concert Hall. Again, that's KUOZ Concert Hall. And that's on Instagram. And then, of course, also by email at KUOZ Concert. Oh, I'm sorry. I am still so on many, Instagram. You're good. So many different uh, <laughs> social medias. Yeah, uh, we, we need to. Make sure that those all get synced into one name in the future. <laughs> Make it easier. <laughs> if we ever redo those. Consolidate. Yeah. But we're on email at fromtheconcerthallradio at gmail.com. Again, that's fromtheconcerthallradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear back from you. Give us feedback, comments on future shows. We love to hear back from you. Also, we are giving away a free KUOZ 100.5 t-shirt. If you're interested in winning a shirt, need more t-shirts for your summer wardrobe, like us on Facebook and share our post about the t-shirt, and you'll be entered in for a drawing to win the t-shirt live April 18th during the spring greening, where from the concert hall will be broadcasting live from the courthouse square here in Clarksville. That's, it's a good chance to win a shirt that, we, that you can't get anymore. Oh, absolutely. Free t-shirt. Who can pass that up? <laughs> I see Kayla over here. She's... Raising her hand, she wants a shirt. <laughs> a shirt? It's a free T-shirt. I'm in college. I feel like hosts are excluded from this. Yeah. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> hosts, hosts are excluded, but we'll see what we can do. You get a polo. Okay. I, I you guess get a polo. You get a better T-shirt. There we go. Now, to end the night and to say our hallelujahs to Easter, and of course to make everyone who's listening incredibly happy, and to really crown off this episode on Handel. To play us out into the night, we have the Hallelujah Chorus. Enjoy and thank you again. This has been another great episode of From the Concert Hall. <laughs>